0: we
1: Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. My name is Bill, and I'm joined here today with Connor and Steve. Yo. Yo.
2: Welcome to the Basement Box Office. Your ticket to movie reviews from two average dudes. My whoa.
1: name is Will. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's happening here? Um, I forgot to tell you guys. um, I guess since I'm on two podcasts, I feel like this is a better time than ever to have a crossover. Crossover.
3: Never heard of it.
2: Oh, wow. So you guys are joining me on the basement box office, right? Or are you joining us
4: on Rage Against the Mainstream? Uh, See, I don't know. Three versus two. I don't know what's happening here. Yeah, but i this I'm, is This I, is about as uh, I feel ambitious as Cannibal Corpse appearing on uh, Ace Ventura. <laughs> what a hybrid this We're is. We're dealing in the dead. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm, I'm, I guess I'm the swing vote, really. No, I'm not a swing vote. Not really. <laughs> if you swing my way, it's still tied. <laughs> if you swing the other way, I'm fucked. Well, we share the same
2: office, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So With this same is super convenient. Rent's cheap. Yeah right, for
1: right Steve, now, yeah, for yeah, yeah. me and Steve <laughs>
2: breathe into the same microphone, pretty much. Yeah, yeah.
1: So today is January twentieth of two thousand and twenty, and if you're listening to this on Basement Box Offices podcast feed, today's date is January twenty second, two thousand twenty. So, um, has anyone found out or seen, heard, whatever, anything new or interesting?
4: Um, in music, uh, definitely. So I don't really talk as much about metal as I do, like on and uh, like. You know the public eye. I actually uh, listened to uh, At the Gates, who is huge from the melodic death metal scene from the Gothenburg, Sweden scene. They were like the pioneers of the melodic, huh? Gothenburg, yeah, the Gothenburg, yeah. Those Swedes know what they're doing with their metal. But anyway, At the Gates, (laughs) they released an EP. It's uh, like six songs. One of them is a live version of a song off their second album. Um, there's four new tracks, I want to say, in a demo version of one of the tracks. Um, there's actually featuring an artist from the band Amoebics. Uh, it was a cross-punk band from like the late 80s, early 90s. Um, but it was released January 11th. If you're like, like Bill, like I know you like you know you listen to the new Children of Bodom album, yeah. Um, and I actually listened to that Hexed. It was actually it was good, fairly decent. Yeah, it is exactly what you mentioned I mean, last it week. It just
1: sucks now that they're not even a band anymore.
4: Yeah, it does suck. But this album, like you know, the Dark Tranquility in Flames, um, you know, at the gates, obviously, this is like you know, it's just one of those bands too. What sucks is they don't really tour in the United States. They're one of those like strictly, um, you Swedish know, European bands. Yeah. bands that just don't come over. The they waters. probably
3: in a Volvo. They definitely tour in a Volvo. Definitely. 100%. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Big old 960 wagon or something.
4: Um, but yeah, the album <laughs> was released January 11th of uh, this year. Um, it's called With the Pantheon's
3: Blind. It's an EP.
4: Definitely uh, recommend it. Nice. Highly. What do you got,
1: uh, Connor?
3: I actually just caught uh, P.J. Harvey's track from last year, "The Crowded Cell." Oh, nice. Yeah, it was. It was a ni- nice to uh, check in with good old Poly Jean Harvey again. <laughs> yeah. What do you got, William? Uh, yeah. So I just uh, recently saw.
2: I'm, I'm a, so I got movie news, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. or a movie. <laughs> uh, I saw the movie Glass. It's a continuation from Unbreakable. Oh yeah. And uh Split, Split it was like yeah. a crossover episode, kind of like this is, crossover film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually really good, very interesting. I I am a huge fan I wanted of to see films. I he think does Eric the great said
3: he really likes Unbreakable. Yeah. yeah Unbreakable they were, was good. They, were all, they were all really yeah. good films, all
2: three of them. You know, it's definitely a twist in the end of the of this new film that, you know, you'll really enjoy. Well it's yeah. funny too, because
4: I remember when Split came out and the very last scene. Uh, with Bruce Willis at the end of Split where he's watching like the news of it from the diner and like a lot of people didn't realize like this was a continuation of Unbreakable so it was
3: Bruce Willis in Unbreakable? Yeah
2: Yeah. he he is Unbreakable it's him yeah it's him and uh, Samuel (laughs) L. Jackson yeah Samuel L. Jackson which they all reprise their roles in this film yes yeah you know, you'll see at the end when you watch it. But, you know, Emile Shyamalan, I don't know if you ever know, a little known fact, that he has a cameo in every one of his films. Emile
4: Shyamalan? Yeah, he has yeah. a little part in every
2: one yeah. of his films where he acts, you know. Yeah. Right there.
3: Almost like Stan Lee. Did
1: you yep,
2: also right. know
3: that Emile exactly Shyamalan like
1: is also a uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania uh, native? Yeah, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania native. native. Yeah, Pennsylvania Wait, was native.
3: Stan Lee in Howard the
1: Duck? Stan Lee? I don't know.
4: We'll did he have, have a part in Howard that. the Duck? Like, did he make I can't comic? watch that movie anymore. I PTSD from that movie. Why? We'll talk about it after the
3: show. Yeah, please. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he was in it or not, but
1: Howard the Duck's part of the
2: Marvel I feel Universe like he probably
3: well. wasn't.
1: Yeah. You don't think so? Nah, it I might feel have like been There's like the one or two movies thing.
3: that he wasn't in, and that's probably if there is movies that he wasn't in, then that would be one of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, Howard the Duck does make a cameo in Avengers: uh, Infinity War, though,
3: and in yes. the Galaxy Gardens of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's
1: at the collector's.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that that's what he is, right? The collector.
3: Yeah, I love Howard the Duck, but anyway. What's your new new music, Bill?
1: Um, As I Lay Dying put out their new album, Shape by Fire, a few months ago. And um, I had a chance to actually sit down and listen to the whole thing. And, you know, not that I agree with everything that band stands for, <laughs> especially with their vocalist, <laughs> but I do like their song, Blinded, that they put out. Um, I know before I mentioned uh, My Own Grave, and I really like that song. And. This is probably right up there with it. I mean, I don't think any, probably none of you guys are going to be into it, but it is a pretty good listen, and Shape by Fire is a really good album. Would you add, uh, it's a core of the core genre? Well, that's the thing with As I Lay Dying. They are a metalcore band. They they classify themselves as metalcore. Yeah,
4: yeah. So I'm saying, like, like when I told you, like, An Ocean Between Us, like, there's a couple of good songs on there that I can actually tell, like, Within Destruction yeah. um, and The Sound of Truth or whatever. So the, this is more of, like, the core of their sound?
1: Yeah, it's it's like... Like,
4: would this be popular in our high school circa 2008?
1: Probably. Yeah. yeah they Makes Well, sense. no, actually, then again, no, this has way too much song structure for our high school to like it. Yeah. It, yeah. T- it took way too much musicianship to make that song for our high school to actually like, like it. If you someone was listening it. to
4: this, would they have, like, the black select hair across their one eye with the colorful shirt? No. And the snake bite piercings?
1: No, they'd probably be the
4: ones walking around in flannels. Oh.
1: Oh, interesting!
3: <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that either. Flannel kids still pretty much prefer grunge. Yeah, the ultimate flannel genre. The ultimate <laughs> flannel genre. On
0: this day in music history,
3: 1964. Long before George Harrison's success with the smash single "Ding Dong Ding Dong," uh, the Beatles, his former his band before he rose as a solo artist. Uh, their first album was released. Meet the Beatles. Wow. Kirk Cobain, a fan of uh, off-kilter music and underground works, I heard wrote this uh, wrote the song about a girl after listening to the album on repeat for a day.
4: This I also heard.
3: That's must, crazy. Must be true. Must be true. Ding dong, ding dong, my <laughs> <of this>. Yeah. <laughs> 1973, Jerry Lee Lewis makes his first appearance at the Grand Ole Opry, telling the crowd at the end of his set, let me tell you something about Jerry Lee Lewis, ladies and gentlemen. I am in rock and roll and country and western rhyming blues singing motherfucker. <laughs> that was a hard sentence to read. He He's a distinctive talker. Yeah, he was throwing tongue twisters out I think, there I think right? what he yeah. meant to
1: say was, I'm a rock and rollin', country, western, rhythm and blues, blues singing, singing cousin, cousin fucking cousin. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: don't yeah. know, man. I fuck with Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, I like Jerry Lee Lewis, yeah, too. Man. That was like
1: a different time watch back then. perform. Yeah. yeah.
3: Playing fucking piano with the feet. He's yeah. like the Jimi Hendrix of piano. Yeah. Pretty
1: much. You know, he kind of like paved the way for like piano-driven type music. Like you think of like Elton John, he definitely drew influence from Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. There's uh, no yeah. question about no it. question, yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: Especially on the showman factor.
4: Oh, yeah. Freddie Mercury, too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Really? Paul Rogers. Bad company. Nah, I'm not a big Paul Rogers fan. Really? Nah. You like Bad Company? You like Free? Nope. Wow. Okay.
0: All right,
3: now, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Believable. Uh, 1982, while performing at the Veterans Memorial Auditorium in Des Moines, Iowa, Ozzy Osbourne bites the head off of a real bat.
1: Now, I heard that he did not mean to bite the head off a real bat. He thought it was fake. Yeah, he thought it was fake. Yeah, he it was
3: a prop. This and, is what I
1: heard as well. Someone threw a real ass bat on stage, and like afterwards, he like had to get rabies shots and all kinds of shit. Yeah,
4: I heard the same exact thing. they're that. like,
1: yo, you crazy bastard, you understand that was a real bat, right? <laughs>
4: It's funny, too, because that became, like, the trademark of, like, people that didn't grow up in that time that still got yeah. into Ozzy, like, later on, like, dude, he bit the head off a bat. Yeah, you like, ask Prince anybody Darkness, about Ozzy, you
0: know? it's
1: not, like, culture to music. That's literally, That's yeah, what they do.
4: That comes to mind, yeah. Unless you're a fan of Ozzy Osbourne in 2020 and be like, isn't that that guy that did that song with Post Malone?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he got his big well, break. And <laughs> Eminem
3: did that same sample, basically, like, what? on Recovery. Which like one? Ten years ago, changes.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true.
3: And it's just oh, like
4: God it is funny to think about that. Like, well, like you we guys, big break. People are like, God bless Post Malone for exactly giving this yeah. weird <laughs> or like British man an opportunity. Paul yeah, <laughs> yeah right.
1: Little do these people know, is that Paul has got had a more than an know, illustrious dude. career before Post Malone. <laughs> exactly. And long after Post Malone's
4: gone, Post Malone <laughs> went to the retirement home and found this weird British man to sing on a song. What a what a hero.
3: I'm just mad about Ozzy right now, though, because I recently saw a screaming deal on Essential Ozzy Osbourne. Uh-huh. And it was like almost a 20 song track list. No Hellraiser. Really? Yeah, I was like this is well, some serious bullshit. I well, you to think the about CD. the album
1: No More Tears and what songs were on that. They didn't release Hellraiser as a single, but I also think that was due to the fact that Grand Motorhead water,
3: fucking San Andreas. Yeah. Yeah, that shit well, turned to fucking Legends. Yeah. Well, I
1: think the reason being though is because um Motorhead released Hellraiser also as a single.
3: Same song? Yes. Hmm, but let me
1: sing it. Yeah. It was on the soundtrack for um Airheads, the, right? Airheads, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the, in the intro. If you yeah. look at the liner notes for No More is it Tears, any
3: of the Hellraiser movies? No, any, or no. Or
1: maybe one? it was on Hellraiser Three. I think Hell it, on Earth. Hell on
3: Earth. Yes, I think it was. Oh, saw um, the first one. Yeah, if it's you look at one. the liner
1: notes for No More Tears, Lemmy is uh, cited on like almost every song. Like as a songwriter, he helped write No More Tears. I mean, uh, Mom, I'm coming home.
3: Oh wow.
1: Yeah. So I think that's why Ozzy didn't release that as a single. Hmm. Me personally, they I agree with you. Huh? Did he play on it? No, no, not
3: but, at all. But I'm there no, with you. No I do think
1: no. Wow, I do think Hellraiser is probably one of the stronger songs on that album of oh, his career. I wouldn't go as far as career, it's but top
3: twenty.
1: Yeah, definitely top twenty. It it deserves to be on the
3: essential. There's probably yeah. a few
1: songs on there that didn't need to be on it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> 1983. Kenny Loggins enters the danger zone when he falls off the stage while making his entrance at a concert in Provo, Utah. So you're telling me he wasn't
1: all right and for
3: people to worry about him.
1: I fell off the fucking stage. (laughs) Somebody get me something. Give me some ice.
3: (laughs) The house lights are dimmed so the crowd doesn't see it. The audience is stunned to learn that Loggins is being taken to the hospital where he is treated for broken ribs. The show is rescheduled, and while recovering, Loggins writes the song Footloose with Dean Pritchard, or Pitchford, uh, providing the title track for the movie.
1: I think that might have been might have been his biggest song was Footloose, oh, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. It's definitely his most uh, enduring. Definitely. No, Probably more than knows. Danger people Zone? Don't, people don't know. Yeah. The only people that know Danger Zone nowadays that weren't around back then are people that watch Archer. Yeah. Not true. Top Gun. Top Gun. True. Top Gun as well. That's the soundtrack. It's yeah, fun, right? Archer's yeah. definitely
4: keeping it alive. Dangerous but uh, <laughs> Yeah. That show's I fucking
2: awesome. To... Yeah, I never saw a Top Gun.
1: You never saw I, Top I've Gun? I've never seen Top Gun either. Nope. I'm not going to lie. I've never seen
3: it either.
2: I've seen Top Gun. Okay, I know the quotes God. and actually, stuff. Actually, the new one's Jesus coming out this year. Yeah, yeah it's it based on Maverick, right? Yeah, Maverick. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I was just talking about that with my dad, actually. Yeah. Yeah. 1986. After years of campaigning to make MLK's birthday a federal holiday, Stevie Wonder commemorates the occasion with a star-studded concert celebration in Washington, D.C. That shows you how much of a motherfucker you are if Stevie Wonder's doing some shit for you. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Not the 1997, the year 1997. French electronic duo Daft Punk released their debut album, Homework, in the U.K. It is released in America on March 25th. The record is a big hit in Europe, but only reaches 150 in the USA. It's so crazy
1: to think that that pump has been around that long.
3: Yeah, because especially yeah, when they did that, that, yeah, that they've Pharrell been that song. it yeah. broke song? out in like, oh, one or something. Well,
1: that song, um, the, the song they're most no known for. More time. Yeah, that yeah. was from the early 2000s or yeah. the late 90s. Yeah. yeah, That song's old. What was yeah. the one that they did not
4: too long ago with Pharrell that like blew up? Uh, I know what lucky. song you're talking get about. Get Lucky. Get Lucky. Yeah. yeah,
3: that's when it, like... Yeah, that and was it, huge. Yeah, and yeah, people didn't
4: even realize Daft Punk has been around as long as they have. That's crazy.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, they had Nile Rodgers on that from the disco era, like the disco guru. On oh, guitar. shit. Yeah, yeah he, he was from, uh, wasn't he Parliament? Um, I
4: can't Parliament
3: remember. Parliament of Funk, I think. I can't remember. Yeah, I forget. Hmm. I just know he was, like, huge in the disco era, because I saw, I saw something on Daft Punk some at some point. And it was like around when that album came out. But anyway, 1998, with the release of their debut single, I Want You Back, In Sync emerges as a rival to Backstreet Boys who are taking America by storm.
1: Going back to the Backstreet Boys thing where we were talking about it, what was it, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. where, where we were talking about if Lou Pearlman had his own documentary, Yeah, there is one. It's on uh, YouTube for free. It's a YouTube original movie. You can watch it for YouTube free. YouTube.
3: Like commissioned it. Yes. Oh wow. And it's free. Did not yes. know they did that mm-hmm. stuff.
1: Yeah, it's called um, something something the Lou Perlman story. So it's like about his how he became as yes. wealthy as he was, and then taking and how he it. fucked everybody. You guys okay. like Lou Pearlman? What? <laughs> <laughs> Great guy. Yeah, him and TC. <laughs> probably,
3: they probably know each other.
0: Honestly. They definitely do. <laughs> Illuminati.
3: Uh, 2006 the tv movie high school musical premieres on the disney channel creating a teen tween sensation and the biggest album of 2006 the only thing i can say about that is it made for a good south park episode
4: oh my god yes. do you remember, yeah, you remember the episode yeah where <laughs> like new kid moves to school Yep.
2: Slap it, slap it, slap it. Slap the shit out of you. They finally start dancing yeah. at the end, and everybody's like, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. As soon <laughs> as they I'm, give in.
3: I'm grateful that that movie came just after the time when I would have been watching movies like that. Because <laughs> that one looked real shitty. Dude, I still haven't watched any of them yet. My Neither wife loves I. them. Does She's she?
1: got them all on DVD. Actually, as a matter of fact, here's a Zach Efron pen from high school. Oh, wow.
2: Jesus Christ. Jesus.
4: For all of you it's who can't obsession. actually see what we just saw, yeah. Bill literally has exact- no, no, no,
1: hold on, hold the fucking <laughs> no, <back. laughs> it ain't Bill has, it's Bill's wife has, and she put it in Bill's pen cup.
4: So instead of I Bill don't taking, that. yeah, <laughs> I don't, your cup over there, that's a mini like a Mouse pen. Yeah, I don't see Nicole coming down here too often. To just that, leave, her yeah, to leave her pens behind. Yeah, to leave her pens behind. And he's like staring at this me use The anymore he placed to them you. back in that pen holder. Like, you knew exactly where it was. <laughs> yeah, he so actually he pulled it, it out of here. Yeah, he, he didn't even look when he Why do you think
2: it? he's got those... those There's Zach actually wrench. a second one,
1: too. He's got wow, that wrench got attached to it, too.
4: Zach Efron pens. Collection. High school musical era Zach Those are probably worth money. Yeah. My probably wife's a giant fan. For all, all you maybe. listeners out there, the if you're in the market for eBay. a good Zach Efron <laughs> pen, you can uh, definitely email Contact us. Him. I'm sure Bill maybe separate himself from this pen. I don't know how attached he actually is, <laughs> um, but you can find out and have a bidding war for Bill's pens.
1: From the archive. archive, 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 archive,
2: archive. Today in the archives, January twenty second, two thousand and twenty. Our birthdays we have today is, first, uh, Guy Fieri, turning 52 years old. Uh, he's not a movie star, but you guys, I'm sure you've seen him on the show, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Yes. You know, there's uh, actually a few restaurants I think we've been to um, to try yeah, his Yeah, have food. been on there. Uh, yeah. It's definitely uh, a lot of good food places he goes to. Uh, also, we have Steve Perry, turning 71, singer from Journey.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm
2: forever yours, (laughs) faithfully. (laughs) Don't stop believing. Hold on
0: to that feeling.
2: Anywho, moving along to uh, movies. We have 2010 The Tooth Fairy starring The Rock. Possibly one of his best roles today. Really? I've actually never seen the film you never you know, did i probably should watch it sometime no, i'm just so,
1: kidding i don't think it's one of his best runs. oh okay i was it, gonna say I've not never a bad seen movie no
2: you know it's not bad because i mean i I like the rock as a movie actor you know yeah, exactly. i've always loved them in the wwe you know but uh you know mm-hmm. you see him as the movie it's kind of cool you know and then uh we have our deaths uh on 2000 or in 2008 i should say at 28 years old we lost the great heath ledger Mm. Amazing Joker role. He really uh um, Yeah, he was definitely portrayed the Joker. Definitely one of the best. He took it like into a different level of portraying the Joker.
1: Definitely better than that fucking shit show fucking Jared Leto one. Yeah. Joke. Right. I I think that's the point but I haven't seen the new one. What, the one with uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. That I've heard that it was incredible. I heard it's been really good. They're supposed to be coming the
2: second one, I believe. Absolutely incredible. But, you know, I, I'm kind of curious to see how it was, you know, how it plays out. The fact that they took the Joker from just being this uh, part of the Batman series into the fact you've made him his own role. Yeah, to give, he, you like know, he's give him a story. Thing. You know, his story. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen it, so maybe it tells you how he became the Joker. I really don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: You know, I, I, okay. I didn't see it, but I know enough about it to be able to, like, yeah that, right. that's what it is nice i'll have awesome. to check
2: that out sometime
1: so that was your uh, archives
2: for january 22nd 2020 perfect
0: music, music news
1: today in music news january 20th 2020 bonnaroo announcing the first woman headliner in the 18 in 18 years sparks discussion Earlier today, Bonnaroo Music and Arts Festival announced its stacked lineups, uh, scene favorites, wait, what? Scene favorites, the 1975 Oliver Tree Wallows Dashboard Confessionals, The Regrets, and more will join headliners Tool, Lizzo, and Tame the Impala
3: this year. How do you guys feel about Lizzo?
1: (laughs) I listened to her for the first time. I like the one song. Yeah, the one song isn't bad.
3: Minnesota Vikings. Yeah,
1: that's my shit. (laughs) It's It's not horrible. I mean... I've definitely heard worse.
4: It's like perfect music for the perfect
1: time. Yeah. Like,
4: it's definitely...
1: I feel like she has, like, a funk feel. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I feel that.
4: But it's, like, the one thing, too. A lot of it comes from, like, the body image thing because she's not your typical, like, female artist, like, strutting up there like Katy Perry or anybody like that. I mean, so obviously, yeah, I, I don't know if so much of it goes around with liking the music as opposed to the individual because she's one of those, like... Like I can feel like the authenticity from her. Like that's the one thing about the music yeah. that I can kind of appreciate. That's yeah. why it's like. But again, it's not my brand of music. But I can totally appreciate like what she's doing. Yeah. In the long shoot, but um, yeah, to be standing up there as a headliner next to Tool,
1: <laughs> it's yeah, pretty fucking
4: weird and cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cool. Cool with Tool festivals. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Bonnaroo. The last thing we have here
3: in music news
1: is something that is near and dear to your heart, Connor, and it's not
3: "ding dong, ding dong." It's a shame. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I felt about this concert because it seems like they're getting a lot more uh, casual with the appearances, doling out, you know, Nirvana appearances with other people. What is being reign. talked about
1: now is uh, Nirvana members reunite to rock charity gala with Beck and Saint Vincent. Um, the surviving members of Nirvana. Uh, reunited in Los Angeles for a show with Beck, uh, St. Vincent, and more. Um, At the show, current Foo Fighters, singer, and guitarist Dave Grohl joined former Nirvana bandmates Chris Novoselic and Pat Smear for an epic set. Um, The full set list is Lithium featuring Beck and St. Vincent and Bloom featuring Beck and St. Vincent, Ben-A-Son featuring Beck and St. Vincent, Heart-Shaped Box featuring Beck, Violet Grohl, and St. Vincent, and Man Who Sold the World featuring
3: Beck and St. Vincent.
1: Did you watch any of the videos from this? Did you hear it?
3: Yeah, I saw a Violet Girl doing Heart Shape Box. Yo, and... fucking Beck
1: fucked up the words to in bloom. Like he completely forgot the whole first verse. He
3: fucked up a little bit of guitar on Shape Box, too. Did he? Yeah.
1: Like he started he started off uh um he started off the song with the fucking like second the second part of the first verse and he sang it twice. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, Spring is here again. Uh, yeah, Reproductive plans, and then he did it again. Spring is here again. So, but it wasn't good.
4: I want to ask before we go into the main topic, though, because uh, specifically Connor, because this would be like the equivalent if it was a band that was like near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Do you? How do you feel about like when they do stuff like
3: this? Uh the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was one thing. The one with like Jones, yeah, Jet that was and... different. Yeah, because that was the only time they ever really did it, and. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, they did the concert for Sandy, too. I forget if that... That was before. That was 2012. Yeah, that was before. So they did that. Well, they did the Paul McCartney thing. That was San, the Sandy concert. Yeah. Uh, Caught me some slack. And the Sound City players. And... I don't know. They called it Dave Grohl and Friends. Yeah. I, yeah, I was like, that's... What the hell? Like that's pretty cool. But they were playing Nirvana Tunes. Yeah. yeah it's called yeah, Super were, Cringy. They were billed as Dave Grohl in front. That's super. And cringy. then he brought out his daughter and it's like <laughs> like eh, like you're you, saying I you can get the there rock the Roll least hall, least hall fame. Of time, Dave Grohl. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. just cuz you got super famous after, like Yeah. Well cuz it's you like, know.
4: you know, when we talk about like like the hologram shows and, you know, the reunited, you know, tours and it's just um like Nirvana is one of those bands where Kurt Cobain was such literally the band. I mean, like people like remember Kurt over yeah, everything when yeah, it comes exactly. to Nirvana. Like, there's not a lot of bands out there where you can say if you took out a member, you could easily replace him. Like, there's been a lot of bands that go out there and tour with a new guitarist, with a new bassist, with a new drummer, or even sometimes with a new frontman. It's like the Jimi
3: Hendrix experience without Jimi Hendrix. Without Jimi Hendrix. That's what I'm exactly. saying. Yeah. So like, I like mean, if
1: if Dave Grohl were to die, like in an alternate reality, Dave Grohl died and not Kurt Cobain. Do yeah. you think anybody would be like, oh, my God, Dave Grohl? Yeah, you could have stuck Matt Cameron in there and just oh, got yeah, the bullshit. That
3: would, that would have been kind of cool. It would have been cool. <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> well, well they could have taken cool. one
1: of Pearl Jam's 10 drummers. Yeah, right. any one of them, yeah.
3: Although I don't think they would have. Yeah. No? No. <laughs> but
4: either way, I mean, I just, I don't know. I think it kind of gets upsetting when you see a band just kind of like sell off the name without the idea of it, like, because you're what, like, well, what are you really getting?
3: It's for charity, but it's That's, just, they're just like. It still serves promotional purposes for yeah. stuff that those surviving members are on yeah. to make money off of. Of course. It's just another way for Dave Grohl to keep his keep cool his rock mouth. star guy rolling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
4: definitely. As we uh, mentioned here, we are in a crossover section, as you heard a lot of the typical rage against the mainstream um, topics today. However, mixing it up a little bit, What's the perfect way to talk about movies and music simultaneously?
3: What's the perfect way? Soundtracks. Soundtracks, soundtracks
4: right? So I think to make this as simple enough, we can go around, we can discuss some of our favorite films with good soundtracks. And it doesn't even necessarily, because like, you obviously have soundtracks where they release a CD and there's a lot of songs on there that weren't really in the film itself or at small bits in the film. So really it can be just movies where there was a certain song in there that was impactful or even just the album that was released to coincide with the movie release of ones you appreciate. Um, So I think, yeah, we should start with Connor.
3: Uh, All right. I'll do... Gross Point Blank with John Cusack. A lot of good great, stuff on that soundtrack. Movie. High Fidelity. I think every
4: Cusack film. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah,
3: he's got good taste in music, and he's probably just not going to let it slide Yeah, the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Cause what, so great.
4: Which movie is it in like the very beginning where he's sitting there, and he has like the Joy Division shirt on? Is that... No, no, no. I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. Carry on. I thought um, i didn't say anything.
3: Do, do the not. Right Thing. Spike Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Pulp Fiction, obviously. Pulp yeah. Fiction. Um, Quentin Tarantino's another one of those. Yeah. 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 Kill Bill was pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. The soundtrack Reservoir Dogs. Mm mm-hmm. um, hmm. Yeah. I'll stick with High Fidelity and Gross Point Blank as, like, my top. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Definitely.
1: Now, how do you feel like those soundtracks either influenced the movie or, like, made certain things better in it? Oh,
3: Daisy Confused, too. Um, Yeah whatchamacallit um well it sets tones yeah that's all all. sets tones a lot of times they sometimes they have you know the sound like songs for scenes in mind but yeah a lot of time that stuff's not hammered out until later yeah you know that's kind of where I songs all the time like Donnie Darko yeah, yeah. With uh, Never Tear Us Apart and Echo and the Bunny Man. Well, yeah, it was and it Echo became the the what? Killing it was Moon.
4: Killing Moon to start in the original. It was original supposed to film. be Killing Moon. Yeah. And then, and then they changed it for the, the reissue. The Never tear us apart. Yeah.
3: And then Actually, no, I think he wanted Never Tear Us Apart.
4: Which is kind of annoying because I think that intro scene with the Killing Moon was like that's actually what got me into Echo and the Bunnymen.
3: Yeah, that's what got me into Echo and the Bunny Men. And <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel like Never Tear Us Apart really made that much sense anyway. It didn't as the hit opening. that. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of shit in Donnie Darko that doesn't really make sense. Of course. It's, a, it's a good, entertaining movie. Yeah. But there's holes. Yeah. It's a it's a vibe movie. It's still a quality film. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I, I, I can like take that, movie. that soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Joy Division, Echo and the Bunny Man. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Some solid tracks in there. So, um, I'm Will.
2: Hey guys. Oh will welcome <laughs> back, Bob. <laughs> Sorry, I've been sitting here quietly for a while. You guys went through your news and stuff like that. Um, but uh so for the soundtracks I looked up was uh I think my favorite would be the film The Greatest Showman. Uh the film track, oh, the, yeah. the soundtrack that went along with that. I mean, a lot of the songs were sung by, you know, Zac Efron and uh Hugh hmm. Jackman. Huh, like I think a lot Bill of their just straight be up, you yeah. know, from I was oh, yeah. say for from some of the, the actors the talking films, shit
1: about fucking High School Musical. You Who? sure picked a Zac Efron fucking soundtrack, didn't? Listen, you, bitch? it's not my fault that he just coincidentally <laughs> happens to be in the film. Oh yeah, the film was amazing, but he sure.
2: just so happened to be there. Just stop. I did, I could have said High School Musical <laughs> like you did. What'd you do? Pick the one, two, and three soundtracks for yours because we didn't. We don't need to get to you actually, do we? Yeah, that's we, like your yeah we, Bill already tried Anywho, to Listen, um, this then, so, I, I'm still talking. Uh, so some honorable <laughs> mentions I'd like to bring up uh, just because of the fact that you know I do have a son. I watch a lot of kids' movies. Um, for Tarzan and the other sh- other movie, Brother Bear, Phil Collins does an amazing job uh, yeah, with the soundtracks soundtrack that he writes for these films, and uh, it really does bring the films together. You know, and like Connor had mentioned. Uh, like the Greatest Showman when I mentioned that film, like the the songs just really play along with the film, and it just really makes you feel like you're you're there almost. Like it's just great.
1: Yeah, I agree.
4: What do you got, Steve?
2: So I'm
4: actually not going to pick a specific film, but a director Ooh. because nearly yeah, every film. But I'm going to pick a specific film, but I'm going to narrow in first. The director is Martin Scorsese. Okay. Almost right. every film. If you just listen to this, like list Good of films. Fellas. Yeah, Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull. Uh, Color of Money, Goodfellas, Cape Fear, Casino, um, Gangs of New York. Yeah, give Me
3: Shelter and Casino.
0: Yeah. So far. All right. So yeah.
4: obviously I'm picking Goodfellas. Now, here's the thing. I remember Goodfellas, like, especially when Layla was playing, Yep. Um, when they're finding all the bodies. Yeah. But the one scene where like it really always hits me of how good it is, is when Sunshine of My Love is playing by Cream. And
3: Sunshine of Your Love? Yeah. It is my love,
4: is it not?
1: I, I mean, I guess in, in theory,
4: Sunshine of Your Love by Cream is playing. And Robert De Niro is like sitting at the bar and he's just smoking a cigarette. And they just do this pan scene where it's just him literally at the bar and you're just hearing that injury. Like, do, do, do,
1: do, do. And yeah, he's yeah.
4: just sitting there, like, has that suspicious look on his face. And he's just looking around the bar while he's just smoking a cigarette. And like those two scenes of that movie, when you talk about movies that like, how does like, you know, music kind of affect it, it's always like, um, Like, especially with, like, Connor, like, with the John Cusack films, it almost gives you, like, a more, like, relatable feeling to the movie. Like, Martin Scorsese, even Casino, like you mentioned, Gimme Shelter, that's almost used in, like, every film. Like, The Departed with Leonardo DiCaprio, it's used in that as well. Really? Yeah, it's used in that film uh, as well. Yeah. Um, derivative
3: and, of derivative of himself. Oh yeah, like <laughs> and that.
4: But it's funny because that song again, like, kind of put me in like when you're younger and you're just watching movies, you don't really have much like musical insight, and you hear a song, you're like, oh, I want to listen to that. You know, I want to hear that. Um, so yeah, Martin Scorsese, all his films. The other one, real quick, is like Wayne's World. Wayne's World Dang, had an a good excellent fucking soundtrack, dude. Like, they're, excellent. Yeah, there's so many good, and like even like their uh, their own songs, like the Wayne's World intro and everything. World. Yeah, dude. Like in that time, a movie as well coming out in the '90s, it was just another one of those movies that, like, as a kid, and you don't really know too much, and you're not really listening to anything other than what the fuck We're your parents get are listening Pearl to. Jam.
3: <laughs>
4: but. Yeah, those two movies, especially Goodfellas, Wayne's World, both one and two. But really, any Scorsese Flick has awesome, awesome soundtracks. I agree. Yeah, man. I agree.
1: He definitely knows how to put together a movie. Fuck yeah. And Fuck Clerks, yeah. too, actually. I Fuck yeah. Dude. Oh, dude. Yeah. First well, Clerks soundtrack. Yeah. You don't listen to, to bass box office. Even right? though, uh, Jane
3: Jane Son tracks back has a pretty decent soundtrack. Well, you say Andy Kevin yeah. Smith
4: film. Yeah. Almost that's true. every Kevin Smith film, if you yeah, think about it. Yeah, too, has a pretty Good
3: soundtrack. Uh, I forget what songs you're even in. Mall Rats. There's like a lot. I like how uh, Suzanne by Weezer is at yeah. the end. I remember that. I like how
1: fucking Got Me Wrong starts off Clerks. Yeah, with,
3: yeah. No, it doesn't start off Clerks. but it's really when they introduce Randall in yeah. the yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Randall's a dickhead in yeah. real life. He's the reason he like has held up all the Clerks projects. Which is really because he
0: did
4: Zack and Miri.
3: Well, it's what's weird. Well, he doesn't like being Randall. But uh, he's like that same fucking dickhead in, in real, real life, life that's just like a fucking drag on his friend Damn.
1: <laughs> you don't watch basin Park po- or listen to basin box office but in a recent episode we have we do our snack bar facts where you know it's just like obscure movie knowledge mm. did you know that the original ending of clerks was dante being killed outside the store
3: that would have what? honestly been better
1: yeah, that was the original ending. Yeah, dude. Because it was supposed to be like a satire. Like, he wasn't even supposed to be there anyway. Oh,
3: and he, yeah. That and he fucking
1: been... got killed when he no, was recurring it's theme. To be,
3: it's supposed to be like a weird, like, indie slacker remake of Dante's Inferno. It's like the Seven Rings of Hell. Yeah. Yeah. How it constantly yeah. gets worse. That's why his name's Dante. <laughs> oh, wow.
4: Yeah.
1: But yeah, the original ending in the original script was...
4: Do you know how he was killed? Does shot. it tell- Shot and killed by what? Like a bomb? By who? Yeah, Yeah. just by somebody. Okay, it it didn't specify, but
1: Mm. like it it was supposed to. Like he closes the store. He's going to his car. Boom! Shot and killed. That was supposed to be the end of the movie. Damn, that That would be be
4: crazy. That would have been awesome. What was the guy's name who sung that song? Memories outside with Jay.
1: Berserker. Berserker. What
4: if it it would be funny if it was like him? The Russian cousin. Yeah. (laughs) I want to fuck you, Berserker. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been funny if it was just him because that's the only time you ever see his character, really. Yeah, but um, fuck.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but doesn't um doesn't Jay wear a Berserker shirt in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Well, Berserker
3: uh, was like a comic book character. I forget. Well, no, what it's, a, it's from. a shirt with him and it says uh, Berserker I underneath the so. pink lettering. Yeah. It was probably their friend up there or something. Did anybody see the new movie? Great.
1: No, I heard it was good, though. Yeah, yeah I movie. heard it was
3: good, too. Jane Saw Bob reboot. Nah, I didn't see the new one. I actually it was heard it was only in theaters for like a fucking day or something. Well, yeah,
1: because they only did a, they did a tour, they did a movie tour because they knew it wouldn't perform in the box office. So they would rent out a theater for a day. And like just so it was kind of like theaters. what they did
4: with uh, Three from Hell. It could have performed yeah, it was at
3: the box office if it got it a little bit of promotion yeah but
4: you like, have to think like yeah. that fan base is not like a generating crowd where it's like someone going to see star wars yeah kids, that's true. families yeah. you know like that would get a huge hit probably the first couple weeks of people
3: being able to see it but it's such a more of a cult following well yeah there's films. a lot of people who like those movies back then who probably don't, don't even don't care yeah, about it yeah. so yeah, then when you go Bob to see anymore. it
4: you're kind of seeing it as something fresh and you're not really understanding like all the hype behind it and you're just kind of like may not enjoy it the same way yeah, especially seeing Kevin Smith the way he looks now, it's like totally different. Yeah,
3: yeah, he's yeah. like he's like pretending to be like as big as he was yeah. when he was young. Mm-hmm. Like, That's why right. I'm
4: curious. I wonder if he is trying to look like. Oh fat no, he the had the a movie. heart attack. He yeah. almost
3: died. Like,
0: no, you know what I'm saying yeah, I wonder if he's sure he like, trying in the
4: movie weight. though. I wonder in the movie because I haven't seen any pictures or anything if he actually looks fat in the movie. I wonder if he like tried or like is there That's a backstory
3: in, even in like Clerks too. Like, he was starting to lose weight. Yeah, but well, I wonder if there's, said... like, a
4: backstory in the movie, if he's, like, just walking around and oh. if, like, Jay is actually, like, you know, Lunchbox, how'd you lose all the fucking weight? You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm curious if his, like, character Will has a story. shut your fucking mouth? <laughs> he finally <laughs> has that snap moment where he says the most insightful shit.
1: All right. Going back to performing at the box office. Yes. I have two movies with two soundtracks that are undeniable. Mm-hmm. First one being 1984's Ghostbusters. Okay, yeah. Like let's like let's be real for a second. The Ghostbusters song released before the movie and went platinum before the movie ever even came out. Yeah. Like that. I, I like I'm going about it in a different way. Like I'm talking about how the soundtrack is going to influence how the movie does, of course, or how it's perceived. Like Why that song, not- dude. Like that blew that fucking movie. It's off. funny
4: you mention that because like, I have overnight. a um, three-year-old nephew. He's three years old. The year is twenty twenty. That movie was released what? Eighty four. Eighty four. July. This kid is like, like I remember we were sitting there old film. And um Yeah. I, I forget what we were doing. My uh, dad said to somebody, like, Who are you gonna call? But said it very like blandly, and he shouted like Ghostbusters. <laughs> like and it's just real that shows you like how much of a like impact like certain soundtracks and certain like you know, songs built for a movie, essentially, can, like, really be, like, long-lasting. Because not only is the film excellent, but that song itself, I mean, like, a three-year-old in the year 2020, like, knowing that song immediately, I mean, it's just, it's It's undeniable. Yeah, and it's cool, too, when we watched Hired Gun, and we got to see how that song was created, Yeah, you know, just kind of like, you know, guy just got a job and wrote it and just became fucking... I mean,
1: and also, too, like, the other songs on that soundtrack... Like they're also really good, like cleaning up the town. Like yeah. that was like perfect in that scene in the beginning of the movie, like yeah. when they get their first call and all that other shit. And like that's all "Magic" when all like the shit's like blowing up and the top of the firehouse comes off and all that other shit. Like it was Do just. You perfect. Still have
3: the Ghostbusters soundtrack cassette? Yes,
1: it's actually in one of these tubs right here with yeah. all my Ghostbusters shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, that's awesome! Actually, raging as a mainstream listeners don't know, I'm an insanely huge Ghostbusters fan.
4: It's um,
1: if you had to that's use, good. yeah, if you had to
4: use the metaphor, just how much Bill loves Van Halen, all things, Van Halen,
3: it might
1: be a little bit more, that's yeah,
4: but you that's like Ghostbusters
3: better than Van Halen,
4: like if you had to choose, you could all the Ghostbusters films in the world go away, or every Van Halen song disappears. You and me have, have no one.
1: recollection. Like, no I have rec- to live my life without knowing either.
4: No, you, you know it's gone. Like, you've heard yeah, it and you, it's gone You miss it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Whatever
1: it
4: is. You can't listen to a that, single Van dude, Halen. Dude, that's somewhere? hard. Yeah. That's really hard. Yeah. I don't know. We'll come back to your decision, but we need one by the end of this Do show. So, at least
1: get the cartoons. You get
4: nothing Ghostbusters. <laughs> no more Ghostbusters. Nothing. And you get nothing Van Halen and anything related. So, you oh. can't even listen to 55 by Sammy Hagar.
1: No, that that came out before. Doesn't matter. Anything related, <laughs> any extension,
4: any extension. So even if there's like some Eddie Van Halen tracks out there like exclusive you'd lose
1: everything of extension. Well, then Thriller wouldn't be as successful as it was. Well. Yeah, no we'll, beat it either. We'll yeah, just have no. to deal with uh, it. Damn. I don't know. We're going to have to come back to We'll come to back this. to that
4: by the end of the episode. <laughs> and you need an answer.
1: My second album is um another uh 80s flick. I believe it came out in 84. No, 85 is uh Back to the Future. Excellent. You think of Power of Love back in time? Vinyl,
3: actually. Do you? Oh, Oh, that's
1: awesome! Like even
3: do you have a record player? Uh, I actually broke the power cord.
4: Can I
1: have the record?
3: Back to the future. Oh yeah, I'll buy it from you. What? We'll talk
1: after the show. It
3: was a gift. (laughs) Fuck.
1: But yeah, I mean, like the the regular songs off the album, and like even ZZ Top did a song too. Um, on Back to the Future Part Three, actually, yeah, yeah. I'm st- I'm sticking to the first movie, yeah. But Power of Love and Back in Time, like Huey Lewis in the News, like that, they're just undeniable songs. Absolutely, like for the until the end of time, everyone's gonna know the. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's
3: just like perfect. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, no, that's um, I want a new drug.
3: Are you talking about the Power of Love?
1: Yeah, I'm talking about Power of Love off of Back to the Future yeah, the soundtrack. Yeah, okay. But the Ghostbusters the Ghostbusters song rips off of Huey Lewis's I Want a New Drug. Oh really? Yeah. And Ray Parker Jr. got sued by Huey Lewis in the News because originally Huey yeah, Lewis in yeah. the News got approached by Columbia Pictures to write the Ghostbusters theme song, and they couldn't do it and they wouldn't do it because they didn't want to sell out the Hollywood. He
3: probably liter- They probably literally told him, "We want it to sound like Huey Lewis in the News." That's what they said. <laughs> yeah, but
1: pretty much. It, it's funny. It's kind of fucked up because Huey Lewis in the News refused. To do a song for Ghostbusters because they didn't want to, in quotes, sell out to Hollywood. Then the next year they do fucking Back to the Future and Huey Lewis cameos in the fucking movie. Who's he cameo? Where? I'm I'm sorry, fellas. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. Oh wow! Doing the auditions. That's Huey Lewis.
3: Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was never a big Huey Lewis fan. Just the power of love. I I've gotten into his discography. I I,
1: lo- I do like Huey Lewis. Damn. I like the hits.
4: Yeah, I was gonna say I put him up there with like like Stevie Wonder. There are like some artists what? that I'll listen to like compilations of. I won't listen to whole albums by Huey Lewis in the news or Stevie Wonder like full you won't albums. Listen to songs in the key of life? That's the only one. Oh. That's the only one I'll listen to front to back.
3: You know Eric's big Stevie. I, I like Stevie Eric Wonder. twice this episode, but he's a big Stevie <laughs> Wonder uh, fan.
4: Yeah, like I said, Stevie Wonder just you know it's, it depends on the mood, but it's not like he's a active artist that I have on rotation.
1: Hmm. All right, well, yeah, so I guess, do we, uh, general consensus, do we feel like the soundtrack would, matters? Yeah, do you think like... A thousand million percent. Yeah. Like, do you think like
3: actual, like,
1: singles Especially for off, a movie like
3: High Fidelity. Mm. Yeah. It's a fucking
0: record story. Yeah, movie. I was going to say, even when you <laughs> mentioned, like, Days
4: Confused, like, movies like that that are kind of surrounded by the atmosphere of, like, a rock and roll era, or even, like... Yeah, you know, when you watch, like, Boys in the Hood or, like, Menace to Society and having, almost like, a hip-hop almost famous, like, famous. like any movie to say that, that has, like, yeah. a tone where, like, music is going to influence a scene or be memorable. I mean, I can think of certain scenes, and, like I said, just that scene in Goodfellas, like, I just remember, like, that song made that
3: scene. You know Stillwater was a uh, Soundgarden line? Was it? It was I forget how it goes, but it's from a song on have a finger, but that's where really the people <laughs> from Almost Famous got it from, Cameron Crow, I guess.
4: Oh right, for the name of the band in the yeah. movie. I think oh, I right, think
3: right. it's in Rusty Cage.
1: Oh shit. I'll go on down still water.
4: <laughs> 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 but yeah, I I think soundtracks are absolutely a, a necessary component. I don't think it's necessary to make the film that much better, but yeah, I think yeah. they definitely do uh Heighten. It's the that film. part
3: before he's like ride a pack of dogs. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh yes, yes it is. Yeah, yeah now I know who you're talking about.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, rest in peace, Chris Cornell. Of course, <laughs> <Rest in peace. laughs> always.
1: Well, I guess that wraps up for this topic. Um, uh, last week, we told you guys to check out the. Uh, I guess it's a series. Yeah, I guess it's considered a series on Netflix. Uh, the remastered series, uh, Tricky Dick and the Man in Black. Um, pretty much with this. This chronicles uh, Johnny Cash's trip to the White House and, uh, you know, where he meets with up Richard with Nixon. Uh, Richard Nixon yep. during the height of uh, Vietnam. And, uh, yeah, pretty much where Nixon wants Johnny Cash to play two select songs that he feels will appeal to a certain group or, you know, yeah, appeal to a certain group of uh, Americans. and uh, yeah basically where he basically just goes fuck you i'm johnny cash and he plays whatever the fuck he wants which is funny
4: too because nixon was a huge johnny cash fan yeah huge
1: um i like the way this was i I like the way this one was done i think this Mm -hmm. is the best remastered so far um you know with the interviews that were perfect the video footage just everything i feel like this was a good i feel like if i were to say like yo you gotta check out this remastered shit on netflix This would be the one that I would send people to watch.
4: Yeah, and it's one of those things like Johnny Cash doesn't even necessarily need to be like a favorite artist to even watch this just for the history aspect of it. Um, cause like Johnny Cash, like I love Johnny Cash. I love like, especially his live albums more than anything, but even so just watching this for the historical proponent, it makes it that much more of a watch. Um, cause again, if you're not even a huge Johnny Cash fan, you don't really like him in general, it's still a historical moment. And like what was happening in the era. Plus, you know, obviously if you are a Johnny Cash fan, it's that much better. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it.
1: Nice. Well, IMDB gave this a 7.1 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Would definitely,
3: i definitely respect uh johnny cash for being like odd, that's a complete opposite of elvis yeah yeah Who, like basically hung out with the beatles afterward to like check on them or whatever yeah their, like political like, ideology or whatever yeah like on the like johnny cash And it said in the movie
1: that he didn't affiliate with any party.
4: Yeah, that was the big thing with him. I mean, because Nixon was kind of using him as, like, a vessel to appeal to America as, like, almost, you know, a political scheme as opposed to, like, you know, hey, I like your music. It's not like he was going on Dick Clark or something like that. Yeah. You know?
3: Well, it's like, uh, Bruce Springsteen in the 80s, was born in the USA. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can't get these badasses to like... Um, compromise their compromise, beliefs yeah, yeah, for your your yeah. yeah they political you agenda want this like uncompromisingly good real track well, yeah yeah better keep it real then <laughs> yep so the ratings here like i said before imdb
1: gave it a 7.1 out of 10 going around the table here starting with connor what would you give this
3: honestly 7.1 sounds about right yeah yeah what about you will
2: uh yeah, I mean I'd say probably around there, maybe like a six point five. Six point mm. five? Yeah. I give it a seven point five.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Okay. And I'm I think a seven point one. I mean, wow. uh just to make it easy, seven point one. Okay. Technically it's a seventy point five. Yeah. But just for sake of argument, we're gonna round it up to seven seven point one.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah, actually we do round up half decimals.
1: Right? Yeah. We round yeah. up half decimals. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Boom. We're right on par with IMDb. unlike our
2: podcast, you guys must do math here.
1: Oh, yes. We don't do math on ours. No. (laughs) All right. So um, I guess let's get into our personal suggestions. Suggestion of the week. So let's get into our personal suggestions for this week. Um, I would like to say you're a guest, but you're not really, Will because this is a crossover. a crossover episode yeah so i guess you take the reins what do you have for your personal suggestion this week i guess since this is a crossover we'll all, do both yeah we'll
2: have a movie, a movie and, yeah and a well for song. the movie i would pick uh the movie glass i had mentioned earlier okay it's uh you know continuation of unbreakable and split yep um definitely uh recommend that just make sure you watch the other two films first or it won't really make much sense to you
1: now this isn't a direct sequel to slit is it no,
2: it's not. No, no. I don't think there's any correlation to that film. No correlation to James. No, Mack I've actually never slit. heard of that slit film <laughs> that you're talking about. But it's in the back section of Hollywood Video. Ah, okay, yeah, I'll have to go in there. Oh, wait, they're closed. Anyway, and then for music, um, you know, it might sound, it might think this is a little corny, but uh, recently I've been listening to a lot of James Taylor. Um, so "Shower the People" uh, from the album "In the Pocket." Uh, I don't know, just kind of, you know, when you're driving, I mean, I work on the road for a living, basically. So, you know, sometimes I just listen to some soothing music, you know.
4: So what do you got next, Steve? So I'm going to do the movie first. I watched it, I believe, on Amazon Prime, as I mentioned. Another one of my favorite directors, Gus Van Sant. He did the movie Kids, if you're familiar with it. Uh, Very good film. He also uh, did this movie. It's called Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. Uh, the story, it, it the star actor is Joaquin Phoenix. Jonah Hill's in it as well. Okay. Um, there's a couple of good people. Actually, Kim Deal is in it too. She plays like a recovering alcoholic. Kim Deal, as you know her from Sonic Youth. Yeah. Um, but the movie is a true story. It's about John Callahan. If you actually Google John Callahan cartoons, you will know exactly who I'm talking about because you've seen these cartoons before. Um, but it's his story. He was an alcoholic. Got in a terrible accident, became pretty much a paraplegic, but had barely use of his hands. Um, it's his process in becoming, you know, sober and also becoming this dark comedian through his comics. And um, very, very good movie, dark comedy, very, very good. Came out last, or actually now two years ago. I forgot we're in uh, the Roaring Twenties here. Yeah. Um, my album recommendation is the 1989 album by Tad called God's Balls. Uh, God the- damn it the uh song I'm choosing is uh sex god missy um and that is my that is my choice of the week here I think I stole something of connor's uh, that's fucking crazy dude uh, Connor do you uh want more time now
3: I mean I did inhaler, but okay. go ahead, just do still it just do it all right yeah me and Steve are both <laughs> recommending so tad the grunge band um I don't know what year Inhaler came out, but it might be like
4: 1991.
3: I can tell you right now, 1993. 1993. Check out Leafy Incline. Yeah, hell that's, yeah, that's a banger. Leafy Incline is a total banger. And for, did you, you did your movie? Yeah. Okay. My um my movie is the 1995 classic. Going back to Will got me thinking of kids movies. Um, bushwhacked oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) classic
1: awesome um my suggestion for this week is a local band out of the south jersey area called stay um they just released an ep called i will never ask you to and the song is called highway they have that like i guess like alternative like grungy feel like female vocalist like reminiscent of like cranberries type type style.
4: Was that what you were playing earlier? Yeah. Kind of had like a Pixies vibe, too. Yeah. Like, a cert, like for certain tunes.
3: Oh, also, I forgot, but this this Tad album was produced by Jay Mascus.
4: Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh.
3: My movie <laughs> suggestion for
1: this week is the 1999 literal classic, and if you haven't seen it, I suggest that you go watch it, and you're going to want to watch it a second or third time starring Matt Damon and Edward Norton Rounders.
3: Okay, I've never seen that.
1: You've never seen it?
3: Nope. There we go.
4: You will enjoy
3: it.
1: You will okay. love it. It's funny because it is it is a classic
4: and film. And
3: Good World Hunting too. Yo, so I listen. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's funny. It, it like I was on basement box office with uh, Will and Bill respectively here, and uh, I had actually just seen that it came up as a ninety three percent recommendation. On well, Netflix, looks, no, 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 right. Rounders, oh, and it okay. was made in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, uh, John Malkovich, Matt Damon, Tutoro? Edward Norton. I was, yeah, I was like,
3: Matt Damon was on a roll back then. It's yeah, very, dude, and he was good in this. Honestly, movie. Honestly, this, this is movie is like, insane. You ever
4: seen like Rainmaker? The uh nah, yeah, a, good is, movie, but. but like it's like his same type of acting. He's a law school student who plays poker to pay his his fucking way through law school, but Edward Norton does more shady shit, gets out of jail, they're best friends, and he kind of like goes on a
3: path to earn some money because he owes money. You know, um, Edward Norton was at one point linked to Courtney Love.
4: Oh,
1: really? Yeah. Interesting fact here.
3: Drawing, drawing
1: connections here from movies to music. So yeah. <laughs> before... Uh, do, the sec- do the group Do the group suggestion.
3: That's how she met him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Scene. Yeah. Um,
1: Our group suggestion for a like our... Rage against the mainstream group suggestion for a movie for this week is the 1991 film The Doors, starring Val Kilmer. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a matter of time before we had to bring this movie up. We did two Nirvana movies and no Doors movies. Yeah, I'll and- have a lot
4: to say about this movie because I'm not as much a fan as, as you would think I would be. M.K. Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> <God>. But anyway, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you talking about the acid experiment?
3: No, I'm talking about the doors.
4: Oh. Okay. It's also an acid
1: experiment.
3: Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, you you have anything else to add to
4: the doors? No, you have something to add, though, Bill. Oh. We asked you a question uh, earlier in the segment.
1: uh, (sighs) All right, well... If this is a basement box office episode, then I'm going to have to say. No, Van no, no. Halen. You have to pick one. But if this They're... is a Rage Against the Mainstream episode, I have to say Ghostbusters.
4: Okay, but it's a hybrid episode, so you have to combine the two Ugh. and figure out which one comes out on top. Victorious.
1: Ghost Halen. Nah, not gonna God work. damn it, dude! This is hard for me.
4: Just gotta pick one. Um, you can never see a Ghostbusters film uh, ever again, or you can never hear Van Halen or anything
3: of it. I'm gonna have
1: to. I'm gonna have to choose Ghostbusters. Got to go.
3: So you'll keep Van, yeah, Halen. honestly.
4: There's
1: too much. You might
3: like Ghostbusters like more because it's just the one thing. But yeah.
0: like, Van there's Halen. a lot of Van Halen. To I just go wanted around. to do this yeah. to judge your yeah. level because, like,
4: for those of you who don't know Bill, which is probably 99 percent of our listeners, considering <laughs> that would be fucking weird unless you're a local <laughs> listener. Um, like, if somebody out in Belgium knows Bill Eastlack in Glassboro, New Jersey, that'd be fucking strange. Yeah. Um, but if you come over and you ever see Bill and talk to Bill, he's probably going to talk to you about three things. Ghostbusters, Van Halen, or Zach Wilde. Those are the three main courses of topic that Bill will probably bring to the table, and the fact that we were able to separate now that Van Halen has already beat out at least one of those. It's an interesting note.
3: There used to be a top four.
4: What was the fourth?
3: Chevy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm now a Honda guy, respectively. Wow.
4: Yep. CRV, classic. Uh,
3: but um, Employed by uh, Mitsubishi, the Japanese do it right. Ironic. <laughs> But yeah, I
1: mean,
0: wrong.
3: <laughs> I
1: guess, you know, like Ghostbusters was like a pivotal moment in my childhood. And it was like the first thing where like I felt like like I truly identified with something. But if it wasn't for Van Halen, I never would have started playing guitar. I never would have gotten into music as much as I did. And we wouldn't be sitting down here. Me and you probably wouldn't be friends. Right, but we me and you probably wouldn't be friends if it wasn't for Van Halen. Now you think about it, when me when we met, it was because we were both guitar players. hmm Yeah. And that's where we And without drew. Nirvana. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: So Van Halen would have to stay, Ghostbusters would have to go, unfortunately.
3: Yeah, if I had to pick between Jurassic Park and Nirvana, the dinosaurs are extinct once again.
1: <laughs> that's perfect. I like that. <laughs> but um yeah, that about wraps it up for this week. This is Rage Against the Mainstream signing off. Um,
3: rage Against the Basement.
1: Rage, rage Against the yeah. Box
4: Office. Raging in the Basement <laughs> to secure Box Office.
1: Basement Against the Mainstream. Basement box
4: rage Office. <laughs> rage Boxing in the Basement.
1: But, anyways, you can catch us on our social media pages uh, at RATM rage Podcast office. on Instagram and Twitter, <laughs> facebook.com slash RATM Podcast. And our email is always open for submissions for bands that want to get an in uh, you know, interview, insight, you know, review of your music. You want to play it on our show, you can get us at RETM podcast at gmail.com. For basement box office, you can catch us on Instagram and Twitter at BBO Podcast, Facebook.com slash basement box office podcast, and our email is always open at basement box office podcast at gmail.com. Mm. This is Rage Against the Mainstream signing off for the evening. I'm Bill. I'm Connor. I'm Steve. And I'm Will. And remember, popcorn's always better with butter. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening.